Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. I'm Adam Henning. Joined with me as always is co-host Tanner Bortnam, certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert. Before we get into uh, this episode, if you're a loyal listener, welcome back to another episode. If this is your first episode, welcome. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. If you have any suggestions for a future episode, email us at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That is podcast at financiallysharp.com. This is episode 51, uh, and today we're going to cover millionaire mindset. Um, We're going to break this up into two kind of big buckets. Um, Understanding the mindset is the first bucket, and then the second bucket will be um, some bullet points that focus on financial discipline and management. With that said, uh, Tanner, hello. Hey, how's it going? Speak, speak. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, how's life? The white Good. stuff flew today. Yeah, don't we don't have that. It's nice. <laughs> this is when the tables turn and all the episodes about how hot it is down here. It's beautiful. And you guys are now in your frozen tundra. And it's it's lovely Not to be here. Yet. Soon. Soon frozen. to be. I still have I still have leaves on the trees. <sighs> But yes, there's snow on Halloween. It's always scary when we get snow before or on Halloween, and that's not the way it should be. But we'll just, you know, as a true Minnesotan, we'll embrace it. That's right. So it's all about the mindset. It is. Tanner. It's all about you the gotta, mindset. Good you play. You gotta embrace embrace the suck. And Good. we embrace the suck. Good lead in. Good lead in. <laughs> All right. So, um, mindset, um, talk to us about mindset. Um, I'm not a big like mindset person, maybe directly, but indirectly I might be, I just don't like, I don't know if I really embrace that word as much as other people do, but. Well, Hey, you got to embrace the suck, right? Um, it's like a gen new generation thing or something. <laughs> uh yeah well and 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 just kind of to, to hit this you know it's it's the you know millionaire mindset is kind of what we've coined this as but in reality you know if you're a younger person it really your goal shouldn't be just to become a millionaire i kind of want to throw this out there at the beginning so that this mindset is not and, and what we're about to talk about is not just you know limited to getting to a million you know it can be beyond that you know, people that are retired right now, a million, depending upon your lifestyle and different things, so that may be enough for retirement. Younger people, not a chance. I mean, we, we need, right. like, basically everyone will be a millionaire just because of inflation, things are going to cost more. Like, you need to, that, that can't be your goal, just one million. I mean, all of us younger people, multi-million, like multi-multi-million is just, you're going to need it. Because things are going to cost more. 
Um, but these tools are, um, you know, kind of what makes up the millionaires now or multimillionaires now. So if we follow some of this and, and you can, you know, take some of it, learn from it, implement it into your life and your financial plan, uh, it will help you become that millionaire or multimillionaire, you know, down the road as well. So as you, you know, teed up, uh, the first thing really is before you get into anything financial, it's having the right mindset. Um, you need to, this needs to not just be something that, oh, it's a new year's resolution. Like we all have, or I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to lose 10 pounds or I'm going to eat healthier and it lasts 30 days. That's not good enough. This is something that has to be ingrained in your mind. It has to be ingrained into your financial plan. It has to be something that you truly are striving for because it needs to be part of of every day. You don't need to necessarily think about it every day, but the decisions that are made every day compound to make this much easier or much more difficult for you. So I would put this more along the lines of having a goal like I want to be healthier, right? That's not a one month thing. That's not a, I'm going to go to the gym for 30 days. No, if you're going to be healthier, you need to make you know, positive choices in terms of exercise and f- what you eat and those types of things for your life. And this is the same way. This has to be a lifetime goal and you have to be committed to it because there are so many things out there right now that can get you off track in terms of, you know, going on too many trips or spending too much on vehicles or buying too much of a home that you can't necessarily afford. I mean, there, there's a lot of things in the now that fill the now, our now needs and desires. And you, you have to, you know, you have to embrace the suck and sometimes give up some of those. So that future version of you is this millionaire and then you can have a wonderful retirement. So it's a trade-off. Do you want to live happy now? Or do you want to live happy for all of your life? You know, so the yeah, the first part is really having the correct mindset and having that goal of I want to be a millionaire. Again, young people, really, it should be I want to be a multi-millionaire, and setting smaller goals of how do you want to achieve that. You know, let's say a person's goal. I'm just going to make some things up. Is they want to be, uh, they want to have four million. They're a young person. They want to have four million dollars in their retirement accounts by the time they they retire at 65. Well, if you have 40 years to do that, break it into 10-year segments, break it into five-year segments and sit there and kind of piecemeal it together in your financial plan of how you need to get there. And then it's smaller you know, chunks, just like any big goal. But yeah, that's where it all starts is the goal setting, but really, really ingraining it. It cannot be um, you know, a New Year's resolution type goal uh, or, or it just won't work. Working with folks and millionaires, um, mm-hmm. do you? Th- I mean, obviously, they probably had, some of them are had failures. One of my biggest things when listening to you when you said that all those things about goal setting and just when it, when it pertains to finances, um, goal setting should just be like anything else. Um, so if you're new to finances or um, take it and tailor it to whatever you're an expert at, as I would say. Um, so setting a, 
like for example just like a fitness fitness goal um and you said it short-term goals to make sure you're on track are are the most important um i think if you set that one goal of being a millionaire and that's the only goal you have i think you're you're gonna fail a lot i mean probably more than you're gonna succeed right so do you think What are, what what would you say a good smaller section of time would be um, to break it down? I mean, you always start with the end goal. I like to do that with everything, just in my stuff. But mm-hmm. um, so, is it a year? Is it a month? So, if you break down that four million dollar figure, I need to save X. Um, let's see if I can do it for just one month, and you've hit that goal. And then, do you shift it or? Um, What's a good range that that's achievable for that first goal? Or am I talking too rudimentary and we should have established that we are a little bit more disciplined than kind of the scope that I'm talking at? Uh, no, I, I, I think it just it depends, right? Like if I have a new client coming in, it depends what their age is of how how aggressive these goals need to be, how, you know, proactive we need to be and and how many times we need to check in right away so to speak um i think one year is probably the standard you know you may have for example if you're doing retirement contributions we'll break that down monthly put in x amount per month and try to hit that and then you know we're checking in on that throughout the year but you know, you're not going to see a lot of progress in the first three months, right? You'll see more progress in 12 months and you'll see more progress at the 24 mark, you know, 24 month mark and different things like that. So I think one year is probably good. Um, but you know, again, it really just kind of depends for each individual and what their goal is and what they're trying to achieve. But what you alluded to is what we always talk about, right? What what is taking a end goal and breaking it down into a bunch of little pieces that I always hammer on what everybody needs a financial plan, right? Like this is, this is your thing. And, and then, and then work with an expert. Now, again, I'll, I always admit bias, right? I am biased. I think everyone should work with a financial advisor because I know the value that good financial advising can bring to people. Um, but it's just like, a health health uh, goal, right? You want to be healthier, so you're going to go work out. Well, if you just aren't an expert in working out, and you just show up at the gym and start doing stuff, I mean, yeah, you're you're doing stuff, and you will be healthier. It's better than sitting on the couch doing nothing. But if you hire that personal trainer and they have a specific goal for you and what, or or specific workouts for you, depending upon what your goals are, whether it's add muscle, whether it's uh, lose weight, whether it's be able to run longer distance they will create workouts for you to get you to that goal. And you're going to be more successful and get there quicker by using the help of a professional that is an expert in that area. And that is one of the other parts of this mindset that I want to hit on too. My clients that are millionaires and all millionaires that I find, they know what they're good at. And if they aren't a financial advisor they hire an expert who is really good at their job. Just like I'm a financial advisor, I don't try to waste my time being a carpenter. If something, or a plumber, right? If something is wrong with my house, 
I hire that done because they're the experts in it and I spend my time on the things I'm good at because that's where I make the most money. I'm not going to make mm-hmm. I'm not going to make I mean I would save some money by trying to figure out how to fix my plumbing. But the time it's going to take me to research it, look it up, fix it, assume I fix it correctly and hope so. And let's say I even do get it correct. That amount of time, I could have just worked and made more money and still paid someone else to do it, right? And we all have that because we're more efficient at what we're good at. And millionaires know that. They know what they're good at. They know what makes them money. And they hire professionals to do the other things because it takes away from them being good at what they are and what can create more money. Like that's the end of the goal or or the end goal, right? Is part of the input in how you get to becoming a millionaire is the amount of money you're able to generate and create. That's the first step. So the more money you can generate, the higher chance you have of getting there. So Definitely work with a professional in in financial advising and and your health and all of those things, right? If you're not the expert, go work with an expert because the money you're going to, you know, quote unquote, save a little bit here or there, the amount of time that it's going to take for you to kind of become an expert is so much more that you could have just been working your own job and making more money to do it than and just pay someone to do their job. So that is another thing that I, that I see. And then uh, a third thing. Well, I think that's a really big thing. <laughs> well, it I is. Mean, it absolutely we, is. The assumption is you have to be good at something. You have to identify that skill in yourself and you have to go find it and do it. And then, I mean, you let know, everybody kind of else. coincides with everything. Right. And everything yeah. else that we're going to talk about. So yeah. um, this isn't going to be an episode of, oh, hey, this is go invest in rental properties or real estate or no. whatever. It's, it, 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 it's going to be you whoever is listening to this it's whatever your career is for me you know marketing like that's my profession how do i grow my capacity to earn in parallel to what i'm doing from a financial plan so i think that's pretty important to establish as we're going through and if you made it this far already into the episode it's so i i I feel like sometimes people are looking for that easy button and that that magical um oh yeah i want to be a a millionaire so i buy this book (laughs) uh (laughs) and it really is just it's yeah it's not gonna do it for you it doesn't exist no Um, no yeah none of those and 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 just to tailor off that a little bit um none of those things exist i mean if you hear about get rich quick schemes run away because the person getting rich is the person telling you about the get rich quick scheme, not you. None of those, those things don't exist unless you are the one creating it, then props, you know, you're creating a pyramid scheme basically. And you're the one at top. Well, then you'll be the rich one playing off of everybody else. Level. Yeah. Multi-level marketing. Multi-level that creates a pyramid shape, (laughs) right? Pyramid. So, um, so, if, if like though you're exactly right, those things don't exist, and millionaires know that. People who are wealthy know that. You don't see rich people walking around being like, "Hey, you know, some person hit me up on Facebook or came to my door, and basically it's multi-level marketing, this and that, and we signed up." They don't do that. They 
right. do what they are good at, which we've already hit on, and 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 they know that it's going to take some time to get there, and that is okay. They're willing to put in the work, the grind, where that's where I think a lot of people stumble. It, it, you know, if you think about it, and we're really objective about society, this isn't pinpointing any one person, but about society, we tend to, especially in America, we set goals all the time. And there, I think what something like 75% of the New Year's resolutions are already over by the end of January. Okay, well, yeah. if we can't even make it a month, right? Millionaires don't do that. They know it's a grind and they know that it's, it'll be worth it and they just keep working at it. And while they're doing that, the next thing I want to hit on is they are willing to take risk. That is the other That's part. That's the biggest thing. Exactly. For you are reviewing not reviewing this list. Uh, yeah. Continue. Yeah. No, stop. Being you, no, you're all right. Like to become a millionaire, you you know you need to. Let's use a baseball analogy, right? You don't need to hit home runs all the time, but you do need to hit the ball. And if you don't take a swing, you won't hit the ball. They're willing to take calculated risks, and you know. For people who are just really risk averse, that's hard, and, and I get that. But you got to find that in yourself to work through that because you will not become wealthy by putting your money in Being no safe. risk yeah. CDs. You have to take some risk, and then to be able to take some risk, you have to be able to stomach and just stick your head in the sand, so to speak, when the markets aren't very good. You know, the last couple of years, they haven't been terrible, but they have not been good either. And it is a war of attrition, right? 90% of investing is staying invested, is putting that money in there and staying invested and not taking it out when your gut says, I can't take this anymore, because that is when it's the worst time to take the money out. So, People who have, you know, millionaires, multimillionaires, they know that. They put the money in there knowing it's a long-term play. They take calculated risk, not stupid risk, calculated risk. So you have to take some, but again, intelligent risks. And they they set up, you know, they set themselves up for success by taking some swings because you have to. And one of those swings will hit. You know, you take enough of them, one of them will hit, or at least one of them, and there you go. You you just put yourself ahead five, ten years by because you were willing to do that. I think it's one one thing to to risk take, but it's also one thing that goes in concert with that is seeing the opportunity, um, mm -hmm. and then you know taking a bite, digesting it, and then are you taking that risk or not? So. If you don't see it, you ain't going to have the ability to yep. swing. Yep. And that's actually a really good lead into kind of the last part is, is a lot of my clients, when I talk with them about, you know, like, well, what, you know, what makes you successful? What do you think? And how is life? They, a lot of them talk about how they, yeah, here was my career. My career was in X. I was an engineer or I was a pilot or I was, you know, a doctor or whatever. But they didn't just stop learning once college was over and they didn't stop. They were always curious. They were always kept, like you said, they always wanted to learn more because as you learn more, you know, you're not going to necessarily become an expert, but you will know enough to see where an opportunity may be. Whereas if you didn't learn, continue to learn and broaden your scope, you, that opportunity would go right over your head because you don't, you don't know enough to know that there's an opportunity there. Um, and so, you know, always continue learning 
being adaptable, you know, knowing that markets don't go straight up, housing markets don't go straight up, no investment goes straight up, right? So you have to just be able to change and adapt to whatever the circumstance is and, you know, kind of keep pushing through that. And, and really, kind of the last one, they have an overwhelming sense of confidence. I would not say some have arrogance. I'm sure we can, you know, we know lots of the very, very rich people who we can all name names that we probably don't like that are arrogant. But arrogance is also confidence, right? And then you have the people who are just truly confident. It's they know it's going to take a lot of work, but they're going to put in that work and they will work hard enough to make sure that it succeeds. And is it a guarantee to succeed? No, but if you're willing to have that mindset that I'm going to put in whatever works necessary to make sure that this is a success, you really crank that, that percentage of failure down. And that is where a lot of people fail, I would say. A lot of people can want it. A lot of people can have the knowledge to do things. A lot of people can have all of that. It's that, it's that confidence and that grit to continue going. Like we've said, continue going when things get hard. Not give up. Have the confidence you're going to, you know, in yourself that you're going to make this self-fulfilling prophecy almost, you know, like, and it, and that helps you get to that point and making those changes that are necessary you know, and, and all of these things. So this is the mindset, everything we've talked about so far. If you, can, if you want to emulate wealthy people, these are the things that they do and the way that they think kind of generally about money and success and those things. Well, if you want to join them and become a millionaire or multimillionaire or whatever it may be, these are the things you need to instill and start thinking about and try to, you know, replicate because th this is the proven way to get, you know, or again, it's not a guarantee, but you're going to very much increase your chances of success by emulating and, and kind of copying what they do, right? I would actually, I would add delusion onto that as well. <laughs> just a small little sliver of some people are just so delusion delusional that they're just so tunnel visioned that they are and that allows them to be so persistent and stubborn so they just like you said it kind of ties into the grit and commitment and confidence that they just they know it and they keep doing it and then maybe they get lucky and they just the only reason why they make it is because they've tried for so long they're so and, and delusional is kind of like the the negative version of or a version of confidence or a little side of the negative but i i think a lot of athletes become successful from delusion because they just keep working out or keep grinding yeah. keep working right. on their craft and then they make it they hit that threshold where they make a have a breakthrough, and then they're there. Right, <laughs> and but it the, but it's a the person mindset. with the same level. Yeah, the same level of athletic ability probably quit a couple years ago just because yes. they're like, ah, I'm not. You know, they just didn't have that same level yeah. of whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's no, that's a great analogy. It it is. It is. You have to have the confidence in yourself that you're going to succeed in this goal of becoming a millionaire and you're going to find a way to do it because 
you know, you may lose your job at some point. In, you know, there may be layoffs. You may change careers and think you're getting a, a step up and it turns to, out to be a flop. Like there are going to be roadblocks for every person throughout your life. It is not a smooth road. And so it's the ability to just push through, not to hit that roadblock and stop. It's the ability to find the next road and then keep going because the goal is still out there. And the athlete one is perfect. I think about football, right? Especially cornerbacks. Oh, so many. Okay. Cornerbacks get, you know, it, it. I think that's the hardest position probably to play. And they can give up 10 catches for 150 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, by golly, in the fourth quarter, if they bat down one pass, you bet they are out there like they just lock the person down the entire game and they don't have a catch. Their confidence is never never shaken they are just always out there thinking that they're better than the other person always and it is a little bit delusional because clearly the stats show that they're not but it's the mindset you need to have so yeah Mm -hmm. great great analogy on that so that's that's the mindset i think that's the starting point if you don't have that the next things we're going to talk about you'll i mean they're good to have you need them and you'll you know you'll be somewhat successful but it won't take you to that next level of of true success where you probably you know really want to get to yes second bucket discipline yeah and the management side yep yep the financial discipline so you know we we ta- uh, chat about this a lot we don't need to probably get into a ton of of details on on some of these but you know budgeting and saving right you can't become a millionaire if you're spending more money than you make you have to be able to save and i would say save a lot the more you save at the younger age compound interest we have episodes on that go listen to that it is your friend it is the single greatest thing that you can do for yourself in terms of finances is start early and put that money in there as much as you can and the more the better uh and just let it sit there and and grow and just let it do its thing um but the first step is is you have to have the funds to be able to put in there and so it's budgeting and it might be cutting some things out or pulling back on certain areas and making you know embracing the suck so to speak um and saying no saying no to certain things saying no to eating out or to gifts or to a trip or to, you know, whatever it happens to be a new car. Maybe you push that out a year or two, whatever it may be in your situation. But you know, the goal of becoming a millionaire needs to take priority over all of that. I'm not saying it needs to take priority over your health or over your family, but it needs to be right after that. If this is your goal to get there. So budgeting, saving, um, time, you know, compound interest, all of that, um, debt management, what, millionaires do is different it is thought of different or they think of debt way differently than the you know i hate to say but like quote unquote average person what 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 rich people do um and it's not the crap that you hear on tv from certain people who have written books about oh i love debt and i blah 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 debt this debt that because it's a tax write-off it is a tax write-off but tax write-offs aren't you know the end all be all either they're they're good they're they're a they're a you know an arrow in your quiver but they're not everything right they're they're uh, uh, an aspect of your financial plan but how wealthy people view debt is where interest rates are and then what can they be doing with that money right it's always a trade off of i have debt at x percent and i have money 
is it better for me to pay off this debt because I don't have any investment that can that can get a return higher than the interest rate or do I let this debt sit there pay my normal monthly you know don't go in the hole obviously make your payments but then find an investment that can generate more interest or interest or or growth than the debt and if you can do that that's mm-hmm. fantastic where a lot of people a lot of the people that listen to Dave Ramsey get stuck in the debt is terrible debt is very bad well that's a way to stay you know in the middle class forever because if you have a mortgage at 3% and you get an inheritance of $500,000 and you can pay off your house I would tell you that is financially irresponsible to go put that money on a 3% interest rate. Again, not for everyone, for a lot of people. It's not a recommendation or blanket, but for a lot of people that would be financially irresponsible because you should be able to put that money into something a la right now you could put it into a government treasury and earn more interest on that, and it's fully guaranteed by the United States government than paying, than taking that same amount of money and paying off your interest and basically saving 3%. You could go out and get 5% right now in a treasury. You could put it into the markets, let it sit there, and the S&P averages between 8 and 10%. So that would be a financial, financially wise move to let the debt sit there and pay it off as slowly as you can because you got a great rate. So that's how wealthy people, it's never a debt is good or bad. It is just, it just is. And it's just an equation between, do I have an investment that's going to outperform the interest rate of this debt? If I don't, sure, pay off the debt. But if you do, then it needs to go to investments. And that's that's a big uh, difference I see between, um, you know, kind of people that have taken that next step. They don't fear debt. You don't need to be up to debt in your eye or up in debt up to your eyeballs, but they don't fear it and need to pay it all down, especially when they have really, really good interest rates. Last uh, little piece of the puzzle, multiple income streams. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, not necessarily a requirement, but I would say a lot of people who kind of take that next step do have multiple income streams because you never know when one thing is, you know, one area of the markets, whether, you know, let's say you have a rental property, you're working plus you have a rental property. Well, if housing market market goes down, the value of that house goes down, but you still get, you know, income from renting it, or maybe your the markets go down, but you know, your house price goes up or whatever. It's just, it's create, it's diversification and it's diversifying your income as well. Um, now I have other clients that have never done that and been wildly successful by just having investments. Right. And I know other people who don't have a lot of investments and they love real estate. I don't, there, there's not necessarily one way to get there. I think it just depends on your situation and, and really what your, comfort level but then also somewhat expertise right if you're if you're a realtor and you can save the six percent realtor fee of buying and selling homes like heck yeah go buy homes because i can't do that right like you're already saving six percent over everybody else so it kind of just depends where you are do you have kind of ins to certain things or or not um but trying to create you know 
a different uh, income stream. Maybe it's dividend stocks, you know, right? That that creates dividends and income that gets kicked out, and that's another income stream. So just the the wealthy people usually have more than just their salary, um, and a lot of them are business owners. A lot of them are business mm-hmm. owners. You, it's a lot of risk, but the reward for being successful usually is is pretty good. And I, I would, you know, from my clients. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of business owners that are, that are clients and, and have, you know, done X, Y, or Z business. It, that part doesn't really matter. They just found what they were good at, started a business and just did what they were good at. And, and then were able to sell the business, you know, in retirement and, and, and do really well for themselves. So, um, that's another, you know, thing that people can look at younger people. I get it. That's really hard. Because you're, you know, you're, you're young, so it might not be feasible to go buy a rental property right now to get that second income stream. But hey, have that as a goal. Have that as a five or ten year goal that you want to get that. So um, adding those would be a, a good option as well. Very good, sir. Uh, to recap, we we uh, built these into two two main buckets: understanding the mindset, and then financial discipline and management. Um, a lot of it is the approach your approach to money, um, goal setting, the ability to see opportunity, take risks, um, lifelong learner, confidence. A lot of these are cliches, but the, 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 the fact about cliches is they're cliches because they're true. So yep, for sometimes you got to embrace the cliches, um, <laughs> budgeting, savings, uh, multiple income streams. Um, I think one of our first episodes we compared multiple income streams to a bar stool or multiple pillars of a chair. And if one gets kicked out, lose a job, AKA um, there's other pillars for you to lean on. Um, so the whole thing doesn't come crashing down. So that was just a, an analogy that we used early on um, in this um, podcast series. So, you know, we would really enjoy this to be a, a multiple income stream for us and, you know, be our full-time <laughs> job. So um, I'll segue into that as we wap, wrap up of this episode. So, yeah, you know, you no just, shame. Uh, we should start no a Patreon. Shame. We should s- start a Patreon right there, um, Tanner. And Yeah. Uh, it can all, we're, it can all go million. to you. I, I plan to keep my, my main job. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're a million dollars away from being millionaires from this podcast. So, uh, with that said, we hope this episode has been helpful as always. Uh, thanks for listening and watching. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, leave us a review. If you have any questions or suggestions, I forgot to ask you if you had anything else to add, Tanner, so you can think about that. Um, you're good? Yeah, all good. All right, I'll continue with my my spewing of words uh questions or suggestions shoot us an email at podcast at financially sharp.com that is podcast at financially sharp.com for tanner i'm adam uh we thank you for listening once again until you hear us again stay financially sharp This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. 